our hands together for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As the praise team said, should be the center of our life, amen. We're going to try things just a little different on, the, on this morning. Our message will be somewhat of a extension of the word on last week, amen. If you have your Bibles, and before I say that, let me just say how wonderful it is to see every each and every one of you on this morning. Could have been the other way, but saw, God saw fit to give us just one more day, amen. And with that one more day, we're going to make the best of it, amen. And we're going to do so by going to John, the second chapter. The 24th through the 25th verse, amen. As Pastor LaShawn was saying earlier this morning, we celebrate this Palm Sunday, amen. And Jesus' arrival into the city, amen, to do what some of us couldn't even imagine, amen. Romans 5 and 7, 8 tells us that for scarcely for a righteous man, one would die. But it says, yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. Meaning that for a righteous man, you might find someone who would be willing to die for that person. You might find somebody. For a good man... You might even find somebody who might think about it. They ain't going to do it, but they'll think about it. But the next verse I love so much, it says, but God demonstrated his own love toward us that while we were yet sinners, he sent Christ to die for us. He didn't send Christ to die for a righteous person. He didn't even seem send Christ to die for a good person. He sent Christ to die for a sinner like you and me. And for that, I'm eternally grateful. Amen. And I love that because this Friday we'll celebrate Good Friday. Amen. And you might ask, what's so good about Friday? Amen. It's good because he died so you wouldn't have to die. (laughs) So it's a good Friday for me. Amen. Not only is it a good Friday, but it's a gooder Sunday. Because <laughs> he died on Friday, but on Sunday he got up. Amen. I need someone to understand. And look to your neighbor. Say, neighbor, you've been down long enough. It's not time to give up. It's time to get up. Get up. Get up. Get up. That thing got you down for too long, amen. It's time to give up. Not, it ain't time to give up, it's time to get up, amen. That sickness had you down for too long. It's time to get to get up, amen. That problem, that issue, that thing has had, had you down for so long. It's time to get up, amen. Is anybody ready to get up? That's what I'm talking about. Whew. You know, I, as we transition from our worship, portion of service into our word portion of service. I, you know, I, I, we know that we offer up worship 
unto the Lord. Amen. And, and there's been a worship that's been in my spirit for probably about two weeks now. I don't know if I'm going to sing. I don't know if I can sing. Amen. But if I could sing, and I'm going to do it with my eyes closed. Do it with my eyes closed. There's a song, and I remember growing up. And I grew up Methodist, y'all, so we didn't baptize. We sprinkle, sprinkle, amen. <laughs> but there was an old song that, and, and these new songs are great and they're wonderful, and I love these new songs, but there's something about those old songs, those hymnals that grandmama used to sing, amen, and great-grandmama used to sing, amen, and, and they were sung in old wooden churches with old wooden floors, and sung in churches that had no musicians, amen, but the Spirit of God was strong in that place, amen. And every now and then you would hear somebody, they would break out, and we had a gospel choir, amen, a huge gospel choir that was made up of all of our, um, our older uh, members, our, our grandfathers and our grandmothers, amen, and they would come in, they would march, they had them robes on, and grandmama have that good wig on for Sunday, amen, and they would march up into the choir stand, amen, and one of those songs, and they would say, I'm calling Savior, Savior, hear my humble cry. Why? Thou And then someone would say, Please. Please hear my humble cry. Thou art calling. Lord, whatever you do, do not pass me by. I just don't know that do something to me. To call on that name. far too generous, amen. <laughs> and so we say that because our title on this morning will be, and it's, it's, 
coming from the devotion that, that was published on Monday, and it was because I didn't get a chance to share it on last Sunday, and it comes from Roman, I mean John, the second chapter, the 23rd through the 24th verse, and it says, but Jesus did not commit himself to them because he knew all men and had no need that anyone should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. May the Lord add a blessing to the hearers and the doers of his most holy word. And I'm going to use that same subject from the devotion for this morning. And it, it is, uh, what was that again? See you for more. I see you for more. Amen. And on last week, we talked about how God has us. He's got us. Amen. That no matter the situation, no matter the issue, no matter the trial, God has us. Amen. He wants you to know that through sickness, I got you. Through death, I got you. Through depression, I got you. Through alcoholism, I got you. Through drug abuse, I got you. No matter the situation, I got you. Amen. And that's good news for somebody on today. Amen. But we also need to understand that this is a transactional relationship that we have with Jesus, amen, because no, not only does he have us, but we have to have him as well, amen. Not only do he get us, but we have to get him as well, amen. And sometimes, as the devotion spoke about, you have athletes who people look at them as just athletes. That's the extent of who they are, what they can do, amen, but... There are athletes who are going out to show that there are more than athletes, amen. There's more to me than what I can do on the field or what I can do on the court, amen. I, I, I can do this and I could do that, amen. I can stand up for uh, social justice, amen. I have a voice, amen. And so that's the same thing that Jesus wants us to know as well. Because in everything that Jesus does for us, amen, we can pigeonhole him into being just a provider, we can forget everything else that Jesus can do for us, amen, but we can just look for, instead of looking for who he is, amen, we always con we're always looking at what he can do, amen. Right. And for Jesus, he wants us to understand he's more than what he can do. And I need you to understand that for some of us, you're more than your gift. Your gift is not who you are. Your gift is what you do, amen. And when you don't realize that and you get so uh, fixated on your gift and what you can do, amen, what it does is it breeds competition, unhealthy competition, amen. I remember uh, growing up and you would have someone who was the fastest, amen, fastest in the school, fastest in the neighborhood, amen, but then someone else would show up and they were fast as well, and what would they do? John, can, he fast, but Bob fast too. Won't y'all run and see who the fastest? And so what that does is it causes you and your self-esteem to kind of wane because if you lose, you're no longer the fastest. And that was your identity, amen? And so when you are a singer, amen, and you can sing very well, amen, God has gifted you, he has anointed you with a good singing voice, amen. When you're not confident in who God is and what God has given you to do, when somebody else comes along who can sing as well, you forget about the fact of you're using this to glorify God and to help people, but it turns into a competition. When you're a preacher, amen, and you're gifted with the, with the spirit of preaching, amen, and you can preach the walls down, amen, you'll go into the community and you'll go into your workplace and things like that, and people are bragging, well, your 
your preacher can't uh, preach as good as my preacher, amen. And we forget the fact that's not about a competition, it's about cooperation. We should be coming together to push the vision and the good news. But we get so consumed about the fact of what we can do, we overshadow what God is trying to do. And so when we get back into that, amen, it only comes with a right relationship with God, amen. And so there are... Th- <coughs> You have to be secure in your relationship with God before you could, so that you won't be insecure with your relationship with other people and other things. Amen. When you spend more time talking to God, you can handle it when people stop talking to you. When you spend more time walking with God, amen, you can handle when people spend more time walking away from you. When you're in the presence of God, amen, when you spend more time in the presence of God, You could be unbothered when you're in the presence of your enemies. I found that if people, and and that's the thing about people, I found that if people were going to business for themselves, they can stop tending to your business. Amen? Some people just need to get them some business, amen? Now, you can say, now, I'm a small business owner now, but when God gets to me, when he gets done with me, I'm going to be a big business owner. Amen. Some people need to mind their own business. They need to get a relationship with God. Amen. And when they spend more time looking at you and seeing what you're doing. And I saw a theologian say this when he was in school. He said that his teacher said that even when you part, when even when you judge right, you're still wrong. That means that even when you look at other people. And you judge their situation and what they go through, you still wrong. So who am I to point fingers at what you're doing and what you're not doing when I need to be working on myself and my relationship with God? Amen. In Romans 1 and 20, the Bible tells us, and, and God has revealed himself, or Jesus has revealed himself to us in many ways. Amen. One of the ways that Jesus revealed himself and God has revealed himself because Jesus is, uh, uh, God is God with us, amen. In Romans 1 and 20, the Bible tells us, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, in their foolish hearts, we're darkened, meaning that there's existence of God all around us. He has revealed himself all around us. Amen. But us being intellectuals and whatnot, rather than glorifying God and praising God and honoring God for who he is and what he's done, amen, we came up with other means by which to explain stuff that happens. Amen. The message Bible states it this way. It says, open your eyes and there it is. By taking a long and thoughtful look at what God has created, people have always been able to see what, with what their eyes as such can't see. Eternal power, for instance, and mystery of his divine being. So nobody has a good excuse. What happened was this. People knew God perfectly. But when they didn't treat him like God, refusing to worship him, they trivialized themselves into silliness and confusion so that There was neither sense nor direction left in their lives. 
Meaning that when we don't glorify God, when we don't honor God in the way that he is God, seeing him as God, that means that our life has no purpose and it has no promise. We're just existing. We're trying to figure out what's going on by giving our own interpretation of it rather than seeing what God has been doing. Amen. So what it means is that we get a idea of who God is. And the problem is, that's not who God is. It's who we have made him out to be. And so you worship, you're worshiping God. You're worshiping God, worshiping a God of your own making. And when things don't come about the way that they're supposed to come about, it's not because it's God's fault. It's your God's fault that you made. And I love that because we need to get back into a right relationship with God. We need to get back in his word because he revealed himself in creation. He reveals himself in his word. In his word, amen, he reveals himself. Not only does he reveal himself, he reveals who he is. He reveals what he likes, his will for us, amen. And the third way that he reveals himself is in Jesus. Amen. Jesus had come to Jerusalem at that time and, and they were celebrating Passover. Now, Passover is one of the one of those things that the Jewish people would uh, uh, honor because what it represented was when they were enslaved in Egypt, they were instructed to put blood over the doorpost of their homes. And that signified to the deaf angel who were flying over that. They were marked for God. They were God's people. And the plague that was executed upon the Egyptians was not done so to God's people, the Israelites. Now, Passover also commemorates their liberty. They're, 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 they're getting freedom from bondage and from slavery. Amen. And that's a good thing for us because on next week, on Easter Sunday, we celebrate our Liberation from bondage from sin, amen? And so there's some, two, there's some things in common, amen? And so when God was bringing the children of Israel out of Egypt, he used Moses. He uses someone who struggled with his identity to give a people their own identity. He used someone who had a problem speaking to give a people a voice, amen? And so with a new identity comes a new mindset and you have to adopt a new mindset when you accept Jesus in your life amen and in your mindset one of the things that you need to understand and you need to hold on to the thought that should exist and should be for your life forever is let go or get dragged you have to let go of some things or you'll get dra dragged back into drama you'll get dragged back into mess you'll get dragged back into bondage. You'll be dragged back into that life that you've been trying to leave. Amen. Now, Dr. Pooh, and, and, and me and my wife call her Dr. Pooh. That's Dr. Stewart to you all. If you have an issue that persists, that causes you to seek attention, medical help. Amen. And uh, I recommend that you see her in her office and don't catch her in the parking lot in here. Amen. Because she don't get paid in here. She get paid over there. Amen. But if you choose to see Dr. Pooh, Dr. Stewart, 
or if you want to go see Chandra, who's a nurse practitioner, amen, or if you find yourself blessed enough to be in the presence of our new nurse, Sister DeAndrea, amen, or Brother Brian, or Sister Sylvia, amen, and you present a, a situation to them, you say, it hurts when I do this. A, a common, common uh, 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 thing that people will say, amen. Now, I can see uh, Dr. Pooh, Dr. Stewart, Chandra, or DeAndrea, or Brian, or Sister Sylvia saying in their most professional way, if it hurts you to do this, stop doing that. <laughs> Amen? And for, it has spiritual ramifications as well. Because there are a lot of us who do things that hurt us. And you're seeking help as to what I can do to get relief from this problem. But God is saying, stop doing that. <laughs> it's as easy as that. You know, if you stop doing things that hurt you, stop doing things that hurt your opportunity of experiencing joy. Stop, ex stop doing things that stop you from experiencing happiness. Amen. Stop doing things that hurt your relationship. Amen. Stop doing that. It's as easy as that. Amen. And so he was trying to get them an identity. Amen. They were wrestling with their identity. Amen. And Jesus never has to wrestle with his identity because he knows who he is. Amen. But it's us who forget who he is and try to put him in a box. Amen. And it was during this celebration of Passover that Jesus, he was found in Jerusalem. And he was doing all these uh, 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 wonderful miracles. Amen. And as a result of him doing these miracles, amen, the Bible says that people believed on his name. They didn't believe on him because of who he was. They believed on him because of the miracles that he did. And for some of us, we need to understand that as well. There are some people that are with us and, and there are some people who believe in us by virtue of what we do. There is a guy who don't believe in you as a girlfriend, but he believes in you in the things that you do as a girlfriend for him. There's a young man who, or there's a, a, a young man who has faith in a young lady, but she doesn't have faith in your ability to be a boyfriend. She just has faith in your ability to do stuff for her. I remember, and I told the story before, that when me and uh, Pastor LaShawn, in our, in our old days, before we received our calling and we were courting, and she called me one day, and she said, uh, what are we? I was like, pardon? <laughs> she said, are we seeing each other? Are we going out? What are we? Because somebody called me, and he won't take me out. And before I answer him, I need to know what we are. Amen? She wanted me to put a label on what we were. She wanted me to define who we were to each other. And I believe that Jesus is doing the same thing with us. Jesus wants us to put a label on who we are, on who we are with him. He wants us to define the nature of the relationship that we have with him. Is this a relationship where we're together and people know me when they see you? <laughs> is this a relationship that I only give to you? What type of relationship, and that's, a, that's one that we need to understand and take inventory of today. What is your relationship with 
Jesus. What type of relationship, if any, do you have with Jesus? Do you just call him when you need him? <laughs> are you just calling him for his stuff? Or are you trying to build a strong relationship with him? So that not only does he have your back, but you got his back too. And so Jesus, he, he knew what was in their heart, amen, and, and he would not entrust himself to them, amen. And, and the message Bible says that they entrusted themselves in him, but he didn't entrust himself in them. They were ready to come to Jesus for all the wrong reasons, but Jesus didn't want them to do that, amen, because if you're going to come to me, it's because you love me. It's because you want to be here, amen. It's because you're, 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 you want to change your life, amen. But they didn't want to do that, amen. And, and I think there are three reasons why Jesus does not entrust himself to us, amen. I think there's three reasons. And I think on this morning, Jesus want to act, is asking the question, can he trust you? Can he trust you with the relationship that he wants to have with you? Can he trust you with his name? Can he trust you with his stuff? Can he trust you to do the thing that is necessary, that is needed at the time, not what you want to do, but what you are called to do? They weren't interested in a relationship. They were interested in a hookup. Amen. And I need us to understand that God will reveal things. He will reveal that which, he will reveal that which is concealed at the time which it is ideal for him. Not when it's right for you, but when it's right for him. He will reveal himself to you in ways when it's right for him to show you, when you can accept it, amen, when you can receive it, amen. And the one of the reasons why he doesn't do that is because we limit him and we don't give him all of ourselves, amen. It's like when you have company coming over and you don't let them come to some rooms because the other room dirty and you can't have nobody in there. <laughs> so you keep them in the front, amen. They can only come to the front room and the bathroom. They can't go to the kitchen. They can't go to that other bathroom because it's a mess, amen. But Jesus said, I know that. I know that about you. And I'm still willing to come in because it's not your ability to clean this mess up. That's what I'm here for. And so in my study time, as I began to read, I, I, I came across a phrase, and I love this phrase, and I think I'm going to adopt this phrase, and, and once you hear you probably will be, will be too. And that phrase is an unsaved believer. An unsaved believer. That means that you can see the stuff, and you can believe on it, but that's the limits of where you're going, and you're not willing to give your life. You like seeing this stuff and you like seeing that stuff, but I don't know if I want to just give myself over completely to you, Lord. An unsaved believer, amen? And we need to understand that with our relationship with God, we were born sprinters. We were born sprinters. We were born to run, amen? Quick, quick, going one thing to the next, amen? But in our relationship with God, we need to learn how to be distance runners. If we're going to see the things of God, if we're going to see the things of God manifest in our, in, in our life, it's a process. It's not a quick process. It's a process. Amen. And the difference between the two is endurance. We have to learn how to gain endurance. Amen. And so in that, we need to understand that quick money may pay that bill, but saving money will get you out of debt. 
We can't be so quick to hook up with folks, amen? We have to take our time, amen, so that we can understand, people can know where we stand and who we are, amen? Let me tell you something. It takes 18 hours to make a Toyota. It takes six months to make a Rolls Royce. And you know why? Because a Rolls Royce is made by hand. So if you want a handmade blessing from the Lord, you won't have to wait, amen? Now, if you, for every person that run up on you, if you're quick to take on them, now, and that's nothing wrong with Toyotas, amen? I'm just using an analogy, amen? But if you want a Rolls Royce, you need to take your time, amen? Now, I think there's three reasons why God or Jesus does not reveal himself to us, amen? And the first reason is found uh, in the book of John when Jesus and his disciples, they were invited to the wedding, a wedding, amen? And during this wedding, Jesus' mother's mother was there, amen? And the Bible tells us that his mother goes to Jesus and said, Jesus, they have no wine. <laughs> and I love Jesus' response, and it could be looked at as kind of disrespectful and rude, amen? But it says, the Bible tells that Jesus responds by saying, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? <laughs> My hour has not come, amen? And for some of us, I believe that the hour for Jesus to do that miraculous, mighty thing in your life has not come yet because you're asking him to do small things that you can do for yourself. And so he can't reveal himself because that wasn't his assignment. That was your assignment to do. The second reason is that Jesus doesn't feel the need to reveal himself is, can be found in the sixth chapter of John, amen. And Jesus, he had just finished feeding the multitude of people, the 5,000, amen. And after witnessing what Jesus did, the Bible tells us that the man stated, that the men that were there stated that this is truly the prophet who has come into the world. And so the next day, some of those people that were there, they began to search for Jesus, amen. And, and finding him, amen, they, 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 they were going to him. And Jesus knew what their heart, he, in his heart, he knew what they came for. He didn't come for him, for them, for him. They came for the things that they saw that he did. And so he began, since he fed them naturally, he wanted to, to feed them spiritually. And he began to talk to them, amen. And he started talking about uh, the eating of flesh. And, and he, he was speaking metaphorically, amen. And they didn't get it. And the word said that this is, this is, they replied, this is a hard saying. Who can understand it? Now, in the original, John uses the Greek, and the Greek word for, for that phrase is scleros, meaning, which means not hard to understand, but hard to accept. And the thing about it is, Jesus doesn't, re he doesn't reveal himself to us sometimes because he's not challenging our way of thought sometimes. We don't see that as the problem. It's our way of life. And so God knows you're not ready. Jesus knows you're not ready. You ask for all these things, for him to do that stuff in your mind. Jesus looking like, you know you ain't ready. These folks were not ready to commit themselves for Je to Jesus for that fact. They were looking for fish. They were looking for fish plates. That's all they were looking for. They were looking, you got some more of them fish plates, amen? <laughs> Jesus was here to feed spiritually, amen? Feeding physically was just an added bonus, amen? That's just something that he did. But that was not, that's not what Jesus was here for, amen? And so the first thing was that his hour has not come. It was not time. The second was because you can't accept what it's going to take to be one of my followers. You're not going to accept the hardship that it's going to take. You're not going to accept the rejection that it's going to take. 
And Jesus knows this, amen? That's why he asks you, look, before you do this, think about it. Foxes have no holes, amen? He, he began to tell them some of the stuff that you're going to have to endure by being one of my followers, amen? And they said that some of those people left and followed him no more. No more. And he turned to his disciples. He said, so are you going to leave too? The third way, I believe, is because when Philip asked Jesus a very, a, a very profound question, amen, they were having a personal moment. And Philip and the rest of the disciples had been following Jesus for a long, long time. And I'm reminded of that song, uh, If You Don't Know Me By Now. Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes, you'll never, ever, ever know me. Amen. And so in John 14, 11, Jesus, he responds to Philip because Philip says, show us the father and it will be suffice. Amen. If you show us God, we'd be good. Amen. We've been following you and all this. Just show us God. Amen. And Jesus says to Philip, he says, believe me that I am in the father and the father in me. Or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Meaning that if you can't believe that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me, then the things that I do should be a signal or a sign as to who I am. It's not to exactly what I can do. Because I said on last week, even the magicians could do some of the stuff that Jesus did. So don't be fooled. Why are you following me? Why are you around me? Do you see who I am? Can you recognize I'm a child of God? Can you see the change in my life? Let's have a real conversation. You have to have real conversation with people around you. Because I found that people that you know don't truly know you. There are people who are around you, but they're not people close to you. And so you need to have people in your circle who get you, who got you, who can tell you when you messed up and love you even in that, correct you in love, amen? But then you can have people who, they just encourage you, they celebrate you, amen? You shouldn't have to walk on eggshells around the people that you with, amen? And so... It was not time for him to reveal himself to some people. Amen. Some people couldn't accept him for who he was. Amen. And the third was that you can have people around you forever and a day. And they still don't take the time to find out who you are. Now, what I love about this is that on down, he asks, who do people say I am? And they say, some people say, you John the Baptist. Amen. Some people say that you're Elijah. Some people say you're Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. Amen. He said, okay, that's good. But who do you say I am? And Peter, he, he said, you are the Christ. And he said, you know what, Peter? Finally, somebody gets it. Finally, somebody gets it. 
You've been following me all this time. You have seen the things that I've done. Amen. And while others can't get it, you get it. He said, you know, flesh and blood did not tell you that. My father who is in heaven, he showed you that. And I love that because there's a time that you come in your relationship with Jesus that people can tell you all about the man. They can tell you all about what he's done. But until you receive him in your heart, until you see him for who he is, you will never truly receive him. He'll never truly reveal himself to you. It's good that we see him doing miracles and and doing all these things. But do you know the man? That's the question today. Do you know the man? Amen? Because as the title says, I see you for more. Lord, Jesus, I see you for more than this, and I see you more for that. But in turn, what I love about this is that Jesus sees you more than your mess up. He sees you more than your addiction. He sees you more than the missteps that you take, the falls that you take. He sees you more than all that because if he didn't see you as more than all that, then why would he come? Even yet while you were a sinner, when you weren't even in a position to accept him for who he was, he still died for you and for me. So he said, you know what? When the time comes and when you get ready, I'm just going to put this right there. 20 years you rejected him. 15 years you rejected him. But yet, Grace and mercy got you to a point to where your eyes were open and you heard his call and you were ready to walk away from everything and anybody because he was worth more than anything. What the, what the words say? We have this treasure on the inside. We're earthen vessels, y'all, easily to be broken so that he can shine through us. So people can see him in us. And it only comes with a relationship with him. As I said on last week, we are earthen vessels, meaning that we were made to carry something. That's what we're made made to do, to carry something. And the Bible says that uh, uh, when an evil spirit or a spirit uh, leaves a person, it goes about in dry places and finds no rest. And he thinks to himself, I'm going to go back to where I was because it's cleaned up now. It's nice and it's good. But not only does he go back, he takes seven worse than himself to go inhabit that place, making that place worse than it was to begin with. So when we get come to, to the Lord and we give our lives to him and we're earthen vessels, that means that we're empty. We're looking to be filled. We have to be filled by something. I don't care who you are. You're filled with something right now. And it behooves us to fill ourselves with the goodness of God, with the word of God, with the things of God, so that the enemy has no foothold in us. He said he know men by his heart. And the thing, and I'm about to close. Pastor, can you come up here with me? Some of us, and our hearts are like computers. 
And some of us are still working on Windows 98. <laughs> some of us are still working on Windows 98. Some of us still working on dial-up. <laughs> and that's the reason because your heart determines your steps. What's in your heart determines what you're going to do. What's in your heart determines what you're going to say. That's that upload on you, on the inside. Windows 98 is limited. There's only so much Windows 98 can do. Dial-up is even more limited. But when you got iOS, what's, what's the latest one? 12. When you got iOS 12, there are so many functions that you can have and can do than Windows 98. I'm trying to get to iOS 13, 14. Because I love what I love about it is every time that they introduce a new one, it's supposed to fix the thing that was wrong with the old. So I'm iOS 12 now. Next year, I look to be iOS 13. And the things, the bugs that affected me this year going to be fixed on next year. So I'm grateful that God sees us for more than what we are. I'm glad he took the time to come to earth. And I love that about God. He put on flesh to come and do something that we couldn't do to reconcile our relationship with him. He took it upon himself to fix the relationship because we couldn't do it. And I love that about him. Because in our own strength, all we do is mess up, y'all. There's no shame in it. That's just what we do, amen? But I'm so grateful that one good Friday, that Jesus saw us for more, that he laid down his life so that on Sunday he could pick that life up again to give us eternal life. But if you don't leave this place thinking about any other thing, be grateful that he sees you for more. People may underestimate you. People may talk about you and they may throw you away. But Jesus sees you for more than that. For more than that. Amen. 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 Y'all get a word of God. Hand clap of praise.